0: Hello and welcome to the Leaders' Council podcast with me, Joshua Jackson. As regular listeners will know, this podcast is all about hearing from authentic leaders across the country, uh, gaining an understanding of the mindsets of the people that get up each day and make this country work. Um, Today, I'm speaking with Katie Tuncer, the founder of Horizon 37, um, an expert in leadership coaching, an expert in all things to do with leadership. So it should be a really interesting conversation. Um, Katie, thanks for for coming on and speaking with me today. And um, yeah, if you you wouldn't mind just give us a bit of background about yourself and uh, what you do and and why you do it
1: hello josh uh, thanks for having me on the show let's uh, let's talk leadership so what uh, what do i do um i transform the leadership of innovation businesses so they can lead their scale ups um in terms of my background lots of leadership myself so Gosh, I mean, my own leadership journey covers from um, rather traditional roles, being a British Army officer, being head of performance planning and risk at the Met Police, um, to McKinsey. So it's a global management consultancy mm-hmm. where I worked in um, energy, consumer goods, healthcare, specialised in organisational performance. Um, then got a bit more creative, um, McKinsey spinout, um, which I founded and exited, which was a sports sector specialist. Um, including like London 2012 Olympic commercial strategy and things like that. Um, my leadership career has also taken me around the world. So, for example, working with Oxfam in Senegal, working with um, Ministry of Health in Bahrain, for example, the Ministry of Sport in Saudi, um, all, all sorts of things and um, and lots of community programmes as well. So less in the professional side, but I've also founded some community movements like Leadership in Motherhood, um, which is around mothers helping to create an identity and empowering identity as as leaders, as well as mothers, and something called Ready Steady Mums, which is all about uh, community connection and physical activity for new mothers, again, to empower them to step into uh, their full potential as leaders. Um, more latterly, my career, has been more about startups, innovation myself. So, oh, I mean, you name it, from fitness DVDs of, virtual personal trainer, a a conception assistance device. Um, I've even done a crowdfund, one of the first that was done in 2012. Um, That one actually failed. Maybe we talk about that later. Um, So lots of success and failure that has led me on this journey now to where where I am. I'm always going to be a creative inventor. And founding Horizon 37 um, was a way to realise my full passion in supporting brilliant leaders to step up, and scale their innovation businesses
0: well that's it's so much variety there and we're talking everything from sort of base level around the community where you know people are just building connections and and all the way up to sort of high pressure high stress situations you know especially your work uh, within the army and um, within the police um you know do you find that actually those leadership styles need to be different or do you think that there's actually sort of similarities and continuation regardless of where you're at and, and what level you are
1: i think there's huge diversity in leadership not just uh, and it's healthy to have huge diversity in leadership and not just one person to be a certain way, but to be able to adapt in the different circumstances that you're in. I've certainly had to deploy different techniques to win trust and credibility in the military than I would in uh, working in, a, in, in an institution that's related with health or uh, or in a startup where I'm trying to create a vision and align people. That's my personal experience. Um, and I suppose the older I get, the more comfortable I am with that with those winding turns. I think in the olden days you'd get the advice wouldn't you Well, you can't you can't have a fragmented career pathway like that you know what's the coherent story um actually i I'm, i've made total peace with that and i think the, the leader that i am today is of benefit from experimenting with a lot of different ways methods ways of being behaviors techniques in leadership um i've been, I've been a coach for 10 years actually um now um and even that um, I, I'm grappling with a better description might be a catalyst or a transformer or something, you know, it's, yeah. there's there's so many different ways of being effective as a human and, and in, uh, being effective as a leader.
0: Well, that's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's really interesting to be hearing actually that, you know, you are taking different styles and different ways of doing things, um, you know, and it, because different such situations do need a different style of leader. I think that's what you are doing with Horizon 37. I was looking into uh, some of your research pieces that you've done as a bit of prep for for this conversation and um, (laughs) and obviously looking at Horizon 37 starting with the company that you're running um, you know a lot of it is about preparing people for moving that startup into its next phase uh, understanding the differences between founders and CEOs understanding the different skill sets that are needed surrounding yourself with a board of people that can complement you but also identifying those that are as I think in your, your term You put the villains um, of it. So, um, you know, can you explain a little bit more about what that sort of work does and what that means for you?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's you've spotted a really important thing there. There's no one size fits all. There's there's no one way of leading and there's no one way of scaling a business. And it, it case by case, you need to work out what are the what's necessary what are the essential mission critical components to get right and a lot of our work at horizon 37 is helping companies to work that out um y- you can't do it all if you say you're in a you know a, con- a conventional organization mm. and you could go okay i'm going to f- go up the career ladder i'm going to become a comprehensively great rounded leader right that's that's maybe realistic in certain scenarios but if you're leading a scale up you have do everything at pace there's your circumstances are not the same as anybody else's and of the thousands of things you could do you've got to you've got to choose what your way of doing it is and what are the handful of things that are going to make the difference that achieves the business outcome and you, we're often talking kind of weeks weeks and months on time scale they don't have years and years and years to get this right um mm-hmm. so really being a bit more open to different ways of doing it um Maybe it's worth me talking about what we mean by leadership, actually. We've, we have a definition we work to, which is purposely not formulaic. Right? <laughs> so for, um, and I'll compare it to an, another definition from a form part of my career. Please do. So the, the definition we work with is generating positive results through others. And every word in that definition is really essential. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's not doing. Most of the people who are leading innovation businesses are very good at doing. That's got them success so far. It's then the through others bit is essential. That's what leading is. And it's generating. So generating can be done in many different ways, Um, not just the old fashioned directing. Um, Also, it doesn't say anything about the particular style or technique. You can you can choose The right one. The definition of leadership is purposely about the outcome that you achieve. Um, And I love to compare that to, and I I won't say where, but previous stage in my career, a a very prominent definition of leadership is he who has the will to dominate over his fellow men. Um, That is A definition from, I'm ashamed to say, the 1990s. It's not ancient history. Um, I think we've moved on a long way and and really getting much better at understanding that there's a huge diversity of leadership that's needed specific to the situation, the circumstances and the people involved at the time.
0: I was going to say that does sound like uh, a very antiquated viewpoints um, you know very antiquated definition there you know the asserting dominance element but no that's really interesting that you've taken those two together right? you
1: know, i'm not saying i'm not saying that's never the right way to do it no it's
0: just not
1: the way right
0: <laughs> absolutely no there is a, there is a difference now and um you're right there are so many different situations there and you know that's interesting for us place to start really actually talking about that that leadership definition but you know i Within your work at Horizon Thirty Seven, you're obviously working with so many different leaders, so many at different stages in their journey. And another part that I found really interesting about your work was about some of the pressures that leaders face. And I believe there were there were four key components that you were you were looking at. And um, these are in, in, on, on the, the research side, non-linear. But um, obviously, for the pressures being setting direction, creating a company culture managing your team's performance and then what i found to be really important is both the receiving and the giving of feedback um can you let us know why those four and what that means for you know leaders that are are trying to develop and grow
1: so you're referring to the research that we did at Horizon 37 with Cranfield last year and that identified those four mission critical components that rise to the top mm. as enablers of business outcomes in scale up. They're not the only four. There are 14 more that we call the tail components. Um, but th- this was about correlation. Right. So under- an observation that these four components correlate with business success. Mm. Now, why that is, <laughs> um, I can speculate. In- it seems to become really essential when you get to a headcount of around 40 and things start to happen then that like you can't count on bilateral conversations to build alignment. Mm -hmm. Um, You can't just all be nice to each other anymore because you're good mates and you like each other and you trust each other. You need to have some more robust and difficult conversations at times. And it's just something about the the human dynamic when an organisation gets to that size, that means that those four things seem to become so essential. It's also not okay just to do those four things. You also have to proliferate the leadership across a set of leaders. And we talk about Um, creating a business full of leaders um, not just the one who gets the four things right and then it's like job done Um, so it's also about it's a team effort right don't do it alone
0: absolutely and let's say you were going to go into a a company company and asked you to to assess their their leadership is there a particular way you'd be doing that? Are there some key components that you'd be looking for and that you'd be putting, let's say, good and bad columns together or pros and cons or, or doing a SWOT analysis?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, all of those techniques are useful. The key thing is to do it in partnership with them and not at them. So we work with leadership teams to we gather insight for them and with them. So we would, it's very important to get the opinion of the board, to get the executive team themselves to understand how they feel their current state and needs of leadership it's going now um it's also important to talk to the staff and then then we are probably a bit more structured looking at the eighteen components I mentioned earlier um and to also observe them in action and we push all that together to create a picture of what the step ups will be that will make the biggest difference to them we do a huge amount of deprioritization so we we work with the um, the leadership teams on so okay can you get away with this is this good enough let's just not do that there's just not the luxury to do things comprehensively and perfectly it's just got to be fast and dynamic so we then deprioritize to set select the step ups that will make the big difference and then work on those it's it sounds quite simple really does not it when i put it like that
0: it, it does sound very simple but i can imagine it's anything but and especially well, the, stage, the
1: messaging you know, each, each company will have a different set of priorities that that's the thing you know we never see the same thing again there's there's some common themes where you know which will which will come up but we never have the same set of these are the from two step ups that you need mm. They're exactly the same company by company um, and that's that's the key that's what makes it exciting working in the innovation sector there's there's these kind of leaders they they don't really they have a lot of gaps and they know they have a lot of gaps they don't need to fill them all <laughs> they yeah. just when they do fill them they do it so fast it's um they're brilliant people they've been able to create these great innovations working with them to focus and make the step-ups in the right way
0: so from from my side then another another interesting um area that you've been uh working on and you know wanting to talk about is managing yourself looking at your own productivity but also keeping your morale up and overcoming some confidence slumps um and there are so many different techniques that people talk about to improve yourself there or improve those around you um is that something that you think is a a priority
1: in my experience managing yourself all starts with mindsets so we've done a huge amount of research and experimentation in how to work with leaders to create empowering mindsets we've we've written a mighty mindsets manual it's calls, called which uh, is very popular and there's it comes down to three things that you need to get right first and foremost it doesn't matter what raft of techniques and methods you have if your mindsets are not empowering the first is about how you see your circumstances do you see yourself as in an empowering context where you are creating purpose you're choosing what will happen you have a sense of agency um e- you know even within your circle of control, it doesn't need to be everything. Um, so that's the first mindset to work on. The mm-hmm. second one is to look at how you relate with yourself. So do you have an empowering identity for yourself, which is convincing for yourself and others that your strengths and your contribution will achieve the kind of results that that matter to you and how you relate to yourself is essential. And then the third mindset, we call this mighty mindset number three, and it's like magic, is are you relating with those around you in a way where your perception of them is empowering for you and eliciting your own best performance. So Josh, say I was to go, you know, I'm about to do a podcast with this guy, Josh. You know, I don't think he really knows what he's talking about and he's probably gonna be really aggressive. My own performance will be rubbish. Whereas if I come onto a podcast thinking, Josh is a real expert in leadership. He's gonna ask me such insightful questions and he's gonna make sure that we do a fantastic job for our audience. My own performance will be better. It doesn't matter what you actually do. It's the way I think about you, which is what impacts that. And working on mindsets is the underpinning for everything in our experience. You can then, when you've got your mindsets great, you can achieve all sorts of things with great methods around communication and strategy and performance management and decision making and problem solving and everything else. Mm. Um, But it starts with mindsets.
0: That's really, that's really interesting, um, you know, having your internal mindset reflecting uh, your external persona.
1: Yeah, also with a healthy way of thinking about things. I mean, that's, that's been so neglected in the past. You you think about in the past, people will be saying, well, you know, I said, the, I said this to the person. And it's like, well, you basically vomited the words at the person. That, that is not... <laughs> you're not going to be effective because you're not thinking about it in an empowering way and all your behaviors naturally follow the way you think so absolutely i think this is the way this is the way leaders are becoming more and more aware of the power of the way they think and their mindsets
0: and i can imagine that has a a huge effect on your team as well if you are uh, projecting a level of confidence or projecting a level of, of serenity even if you know internally you might not be feeling that confident or that strong but it makes sure that their morale is is raised as well that they are feeling better about the way that they're working and the, the direction that they're going in
1: so true i mean leaders are role models like it or not we all follow role models it's the easiest cognitive shortcut to go well, what's the leader doing i'll just copy that and it happens it's a human behavior that we can't really short we can't really avoid it so we might as well be good role models <laughs> absolutely you made me think of another thing then which is If leadership is generating positive results through others, the real like uber leadership is generating leaders to actually create leaders. I was talking to a CEO this morning um, that we're working with on a programme and I said, oh, I'm going on this podcast today. Um, What should I say? And he went, well, I can tell you that the biggest impact that Horizon 37 has had on us is that we as an executive team now create other leaders. I said, oh, tell me more. He says, well, you know, they think how are we going to cross the river, not how are we going to build the bridge? And I thought that was a lovely way of thinking about it. If you can proliferate leadership by generating other leaders, then you are like super uber leader.
0: That's now that is the I think the tidbit here so far, you know, the uh, uh, how to cross the river rather than build the bridge, just having that very simple mindset change um, yeah. that can do so many wonders um, for productivity, for morale, for for internal yeah. confidence, for for everything yeah. really. We and-
1: move well beyond delegation and instead we're we're causing empowerment, ownership, responsibility throughout businesses it's
0: magic well that does then lead me on to an extra thought as well you know it's just the very opposite of the times where you let's say have to to bring everybody with you but the times where you yourself as the leader have to stamp down or have those difficult conversations Mm -hmm. um shall we say and you know how do you have any tips or ideas around that
1: which particular difficult conversations? You mean firing people?
0: I mean uh, bringing, how, how to put this? I don't want to say firing people. I don't want to say making people redundant because they're not the only difficult conversations. Sometimes it's being the strong-willed character that is going to make a decision, that is going to be the one that regardless of those around you um, may be potentially disagreeing with you, you're yeah. still going to override them.
1: CEOs often get this really conflicting feedback so on the one hand they're being told we all want autonomy we want to have make our own decisions we want to have freedom and then on the other hand and sometimes by the same people on the same day they're like can you just make a decision and give us some clear and ambiguous direction Mm. and that is a constant challenge for leaders to get right they need to be seeing the best in people being open being empowering but having a level of conviction in your own decision whether that's right or wrong because sometimes you don't have enough information to be sure the decision is right but a timely decision is better than no decision that that side of it is also really essential and then treating the people that you're talking with with huge respect that and expecting that they are going to be able to engage in the conversation at the level that's needed all those kind of techniques are essential to be able to deliver bad news or difficult news The one thing that gets scored the lowest on most of the CEO 360s that we do, like the lowest average score on all of the times we've done it, has been failing to fire mediocre performers soon enough. Mm. So it is a big challenge and something that we all, because we want to be nice and liked human beings, it's a bit scary to have a conflict and has big consequences. We often shy away from Not just that, the really challenging, horrible conversations, but some of the less difficult ones as well.
0: That's, you know, it's it's it all comes around to different styles, I suppose, isn't it? The way that you're going to be having those conversations and and framing the conversation or framing the way that you're actually putting forward your ideas and everybody's going to have that different style as as you mentioned um you know there isn't a, let's say a one-size-fits-all um leadership style and at the moment there's or you know not at the moment but throughout history there's always been cults of personality around Mm -hmm strong leaders around leaders that people seem to be successful let's look at the uh, the sort of you know tech moguls of today the elon musks of the world um you know are there is there anything around that that you know you think that there are lessons to be learned that there's you know ways of going about it to 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 replicate other leaders that you see potentially in the news or or in your particular industry
1: I would certainly not say this is the model of leadership to follow full stop, Mm. but I would always encourage leaders to choose one or a range of role models that just resonate with them and they personally aspire to emulate in some way. So that's the first thing to say. I think the other thing is, is a, a universally useful behavior is to deliberately open up to different styles that aren't necessarily your own different styles, different opinions, and to force yourself to have more of a willingness to engage with people who exhibit those different styles, or even to try them out yourself to expand your repertoire. Mm -hmm. So great leaders are able not just to inspire followership from people that are like them, or in a particular, particular segment of the population, but actually to relate with the broader range of people. And that takes a bit more flexibility, a bit of a broader repertoire. One of the my favourite exercises that we do on our programmes is called Dimensions of Difference. And it's uh, a very simple exercise where we have people identify how they feel most different from others in the cohort in the just in the leadership cohort that they're, they're on a program with us in mm-hmm. uh, we capture those dimensions of difference and they can be all sorts of things but the point is it's self-assessed it's right so i feel different because i we had this hilarious one last week he says i'm dragged from the gutter so we had gutter dragged versus qualification junkie right mm-hmm. all at these two ends of the spectrum and people were saying oh this is how i feel different and then we get people to line up where they relate on a scale from those two extremes where they relate and then we facilitate conversations to really understand what it's like to feel those elements of difference and how they play into the leadership styles that they see that they observe and that that very simple exercise can be massively eye-opening and can mean people can go oh right well there's this whole way of thinking and being that i didn't really get because i put myself here on the scale and i've just had a great conversation with someone who put themselves there and that that access is difference as not just a kind of nice thing we kind of understand each other and include better but actually a massive competitive advantage
0: and i think coming from when you're talking about competitive advantage as well it's probably quite a nice time to go to the other end of the scale and you mentioned it at the start when you were talking about your what you've done and how you've done it in the different areas but are we always like to have a a little chat about sometimes the challenges or the failures that are going (laughs) on because it's so many lessons are learned Throughout periods of intense pressure or in, intense failure, um, mm. and you know, can you expand on on you know any time that you've, you you've gone through that? want hear about my most
1: magnificent, my most magnificent failure? Would you like to hear about that? Please go on. <laughs> no, no, I I, say, I I'm totally cool about failure. I've had a lot of failure. Um, I've also been lucky enough to have a lot of success, uh, which has probably made it a bit easier to talk frankly about my failures. But mm. I am not pretending. I'm, I'm definitely not dressing up failure as like, oh, well, it all worked out okay in the end, because and sometimes it hasn't. Right. Um, so if I if I give you my probably my, my best, my most spectacular and, and known about failure was that in 2012, I did a crowdfund. It was one of the first crowdfunds that was done, you know, when Cedars and, and Crowdcube, et cetera, were setting out and raised some money for a tech startup, uh, which failed. I won't give you the whole story of why it failed. Um, there's probably lots of reasons, actually, but it wasn't financially viable. I had to phone up 114 people and tell them i lost their money and that was pretty pretty rubbish yeah. <laughs> um so that was that was not great that was one of my personal failures um that took me a while to come to terms with that really um a lot of people were amazing very supportive quite surprised that i was so authentic i suppose that's one thing i salvaged from it that i did have the conversations and people were impressed with that but ultimately still lost their money um another example was um, was actually where i i had i, I was a um, subjected to some quite horrible discrimination um, whilst I was working in the Middle East. It wasn't actually the Middle East. It was the it, it, British male team I was working with at the yeah. time. Um, and actually, what what's an interesting failure out of that situation was my own behaviour. I basically got really dysfunctional and defensive and stopped delivering the huge value that I could in that, in that particular situation. Um, again, looking back, it's easy to say, oh, you know, I could have done this, could have done that. But it's another failure. I could I could go on, you know, but but these kind of failures are what make us able to be whole, complete humans that are able to bring our best contribution to the world over and over again with a commitment that doesn't waver, even when it doesn't go right every time.
0: Mm. It's resilience as well, isn't it? You know, building up that style of yourself. But, you know, that does yeah. impress me that you you called everybody. You, know, you hear so many stories of just the rug being pulled out of a project and disappearing. So, you know, that's to be that's to be celebrated. <laughs> oh, thank but, you. You're very uh, generous. <laughs> but, um, um, I think, you know, just uh, as we come to a close, I think oh, people are going to be wanting to hear, um, you know, What's next for you? How are you going to be going forwards? What projects, what plans have you got coming up?
1: Oh Well, I'm very excited for Horizon 37. Um, So we've just had our five-year birthday, which is a really exciting milestone, actually. Congratulations. Thank you. We've looked back on what we've done and the transformation that we've managed to achieve in some fantastic innovation businesses that we're very proud of. Um, Thinking about where we're heading next five years. So this is a great time to ask the question, actually. Um, We we have a a vision to expand into innovation ecosystems around the world to bring the programmes and the support that we are currently delivering primarily in Oxford, Cambridge, London, and increasingly the north north of England to bring to other innovation cities around the world. And I'm really looking forward to that. I've um, I've done. I must. I mean, I must in my own career have coached 2,000 leaders. I mean, I've certainly clocked up my 10,000 hours. um, And and now it's for me very much focused on building a well business full of leaders ourselves to have other um, other coach leaders to bring the Horizon 37 impact and 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 scale that beyond. The um,
0: beyond where we are now, so quite a lot going on, and uh, you know, hopefully, we'll uh, the next five years will bring as much success as the as the last. So that sounds sounds absolutely fantastic. It's always nice when people are you know still positive and and raring to go as well. You know, it's not just uh, uh, sort of you know same old, same old, which uh, sometimes does happen. But you know, Katie, if people wanted to connect with you, if they wanted to find out more about Horizon Thirty Seven, where would they be going? What would you know? Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, websites.
1: Website. So the website is horizon37. That's horizon37.co.uk, and we are also on LinkedIn. That's probably the best place to interact with us on Horizon37.
0: Thank you, and um, you know I hope anybody out there listening will uh, get in touch and, and find out a little bit more about what you do. But um, please, thank you ever so much for coming on. That was a, a fantastic conversation.
1: I really enjoyed it, and I do hope that a lot of the things we've discussed will give people things to think about to create their own versions of leadership building on on the ideas that we've just generated now
0: Brilliant. thank you and goodbye
1: thanks josh bye